You're listening to the light version of the Piece of Persistence. Visit patreon.com, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash piece of persistence for complete access with double the content and zero ads. Hi, and welcome to the Piece of Persistence, the show where we seek to uncover the keys to happiness and success one honest conversation at a time. I'm your host, Abigail Wright, and today we get to talk with my old friend, Wempy Diokta I met Wempy, who is beginning his entrepreneurial journey in 2009. Today, he's primarily in investing, and we're finding out what he's doing together as I'm catching up with him today. So as I said, an honest conversation. Wempy, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really happy to talk with you after all this time. I'm really happy to talk to you also, and when you said my old friend Wempy, did you mean uh, my age, that I'm <laughs> or just the fact that I've known you for quite just a while? Just that I've Which known you I... for a while. I would never accuse <laughs> you of being old. You're one of those people that I've always seen as being very young in spirit. I don't know if that's because you're so active or just, you know, have that great positive attitude, but I would never accuse you of being old. <laughs> well, the last time we met up was at home in London, wasn't it? Uh, we went out dancing together. Yes, it's true. That I haven't pretty... seen you in person since we caught up in London back in, I guess it was 2012. That's correct. Um, so, so yeah, that were fun days. It really was. How has life changed for you during that time on your journey? We we met almost a decade ago in New York City. It's been a really long time. Well, my life, uh, funnily enough, for some reason goes through like four to five year evolutions where I would just start somewhere for example, in Singapore for about four or five years and then move, you know, wherever to London or then to the States or wherever. And so I don't know, for some reason, my life has abrupt changes every four to five years. So that's a pretty interesting aspect of my life. You know, sometimes it's a bit shorter, sometimes it's a bit longer, but there's no real little evolutions in my life. They're either abrupt changes or they're no changes at all. You know, when I first met you in New York, that was in the summer of 2009, I suppose. But a, a lot has changed since then, because at that stage, I was living in the States between San Francisco and New York. And then I moved back home to London for a while until I decided to pack my bags and move over to Jakarta in Indonesia. And nothing in my life is ever permanent. Well, everything in life is permanent until you add the element of time, right? Mm. You know, I've always carried that sort of philosophy with me everywhere I go. So I never really feel that any decision that I make, I'm going to have to stick with for the rest of my life. So, you know, a lot has evolved. I was in the world of corporate when I first met you. So I was working for somebody. I was was an employee. Then after that, I became an entrepreneur and I started my own company and I was doing consulting work. A number of years ago, I decided to just evolve that into investing. Um, I had invested previously, but I had decided to just more cut and dry, do a lot more investments. That's so interesting. And so are you still doing any work with the company that you had founded, Warder in Oxford? Absolutely. That's where I do a lot of my brain work. And here is the reasoning behind that. With Warder in Oxford, I do a lot of the consultancy work. So for example, whether I work with governments or banks or companies such as Accor, etc. I would do basic consultancy work, research, international expansion requirements, government initiatives, policies. I do work with various governments and various big multinational companies, as well as some rising and emerging companies to help them expand overseas. So I do do that consultancy side. But what I realized was that if I was to grow my company to be a large company, then it's all just about hiring one person to the next person, three people, four people, five people, 10 people. And consultancies don't scale very fast. So what I decided to do was just invest my money into companies that were scaling. If you want to think about my life in these terms right now, is that you have 
computers, right? right? And there are millions, if not billions of laptops that are being sold on an annual basis, right? Sure. And inside them is a chip. And that's what I like to think of myself as that would provide them with financials, as well as advisory, as well as mentorship and guidance to, you know, to really scale and evolve their companies. That's what I mainly do now. I'm not a person who loves or enjoys the satisfaction of a daily grind. I don't enjoy that. I enjoy my days to be very different. I enjoy my days to be very fluid. I want to be where I'm needed. And what I've realized is that my strength lies in strategic thinking, you know, where creativity is needed, where ideas are needed. I'm not good at going into an office every single day, making sure that everybody's at the office by 9 a.m. And what interests me is the brainstorming part, the creativity. And that's where I channel a lot of my energy and a lot of my focus and a lot of my passion and consequently a lot of my time also. I read an interview that you posted on on LinkedIn with Suzanne Kaplan where you said our time on earth is not negotiable referring to your business at the time and the fact that you love your work and your clients and your partners. What are some of the things that you do to make every moment count in your life? Whether you believe in a supreme being or not it's not negotiable. When your time is up your time is up. I simply just live in the moment now. When I go to sleep, I say a prayer. When I wake up, I say a prayer also. I only sleep in four-hour bouts too. So I'll sleep at midnight and I'll wake up at about 4 a.m. I'll be awake for a couple of hours and then I will sleep for another four hours or so. But I'm always, you know, I live in gratitude. I live completely in gratitude and I always look for things that I can look forward to rather than look behind. I've gone through a really tough couple of years from a relationship that I was so enamored by and so in love with ending you know other stuff happening in my life personally and professionally but sometimes you just cut your losses and you say you know what i'm going to cut my losses and i'm going to move on in life Mm. but you have to make that conscious decision i think the people that live most happily in life live consciously they don't live accidentally they don't live subconsciously they don't just live because they breathe there's a level of here i am i am alive this is what i'm grateful for yesterday This is what I'm living for today, and this is what I shall live for for tomorrow. And great people also, I believe that a large part of their plan really evolves around what they're doing for themselves, but a lot of the times it revolves around what they're doing for others. Mm. Hey, guess what? I'm writing my first book. I've always thought I had a story to tell, and I'm really excited to start. It's true, I'm just in the beginning stages, but I'm confident it's going to be great. Why? Because I'm using Chandler Bolt's advice and his self-publishing school. They help you every step of the way from the start to the very finish and everything in between. It's an incredible guided process and helps make even a beginning author like me confident that I can create and sell my story. If you have a story to tell too, right now you can go to pieceofpersistence.com publish for more information and a free workshop. In the workshop, Chandler teaches you the three-step system he uses to write, publish, and launch a best-selling book in as little as 90 days, and how to use your book to leave a legacy. You'll also get a free copy of his best-selling book, Book Launch. Check it out now at pieceofpersistence.com publish. I know I'm excited to get started. What do you think are the most important qualities to develop as a leader? You've worked with so many leaders in your professions. There is only one major important quality that a leader requires. It's the skill of listening. Hmm. That's the only true quality of a great leader that all great leaders share in common. It's not about listening to reply. It's about listening to understand and listening to enact. And then thereafter, developing strategies or developing plans to take it forward. Mm. 
if I meet people and I talk and I hog 90% of the conversation, or even if I take 50% of the conversation, well, I'm shortchanging myself. Mm. I'm not going to learn much, aren't I? And it sounds to me that you're definitely thriving. And I'm wondering, too, if part of that is your focus on travel, because you keep talking about finding joy in listening to other people's perspectives. And I know you travel a lot. We're talking to you right now from Vietnam. Has it always been a priority for you? And and how has it enhanced your life? Travel has been um, an absolute priority in my life. I would rather um, die and have um, seen a lot of the world than to have died with a double-story house and, and a couple of cars in the garage. Not important to me. When I'm at London and stuff like that, in my corner of the world, you're oblivious to all the struggles that everybody else is facing around the world. Mm-hmm. Like your struggle in New York is, oh, okay, well, which pizza are you going to get? The subway isn't working the way I want it to today. <laughs> oh, God, that's so pathetic. <laughs> you, know what? You, you know when they say first world problems? Yes, exactly. And when you've seen what I've seen with my own eyes, you kind of don't take life for granted Hmm. and you value the more important things in life, which kind of leads me to my next, you know, the next thing I, you know, I'd I'd like to talk about, which is just family. Hmm. Most families still stick together and live in the same city and they meet each other regularly. Right. I don't. And so on an annual basis, I would probably only see my mother 15 to 20 days per year. Hmm. Isn't that sad? I would only see my father for that amount of time also. I would say from an American perspective, that's actually a lot. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding at all. Some families are lucky in that they live nearby, but I would say most families in the United States probably see each other once, maybe twice a year. They live in different states. They see each other for holidays. I think that's quite common. Really? Yeah. I feel like I've shortchanged myself in that respect. Hmm. And I'm absolutely definite that I will regret that on my deathbed. My parents now, um, Abby, they're in their 70s. They're in their mid to late 70s right now. And suddenly this brick wall has hit me. Like, like It feels like a ton of bricks has fallen on my shoulders right now in terms of I'm trying to chase time now. And I'm trying to like you try and find pockets of opportunities for you to be with them. And I feel like, I feel like our parents evolve and change. Um, and so how I knew them from like 15, you know, 15 years ago, or whatever, is very different to who they are now. Um, and that, yes, although I do see them on an annual basis, I, I still feel that I've missed out on a lot of their, you know, just their daily rituals. It is probably the worst downside of being an independent, abroad spirit. Sure. Intention is worthless without action. Right. And so I am looking to move back to where they are, actually. So I'm possibly at some sort of stage going to move back to Sydney or London and try and be a lot closer to them. Well, I'm sure they'll appreciate having you back. Well, I hope so. You've got sort of a travel bug. You listen. Now you're dealing with a lot of self-discipline. You've been practicing martial arts. You've been working on your health. You've been sort of engineering your own life. Do you have any other habits or traits that contribute to your happiness and success? One thing in life is just the value and importance of self-awareness and knowing who you are as a human being, knowing your possibilities, but also knowing your boundaries and your limitations. And over time, 
my self-awareness went from little or zero to a credible amount of self-awareness, where I've become a lot more self-aware about who I am as a being, what I'm capable of, what I'm not capable of. Where is my lane? Where is not my lane? It also allows you to be a more empathetic person too. So I've grown in empathy towards other people. I'm quite balanced and I'm very diplomatic. I, I don't like to hurt other people's feelings and stuff. So I've always been quite emotionally intelligent that way. But I think over time, hopefully my emotional intelligence has improved and increased also. I don't speak before I think. You know those people who tweet things? <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> and, then, and then they regret it later? Wow. Or they create conflict because they've tweeted something that is, well, <laughs> we all know. Yeah, we have a we have a very recent example of that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not one of those people. You know, I think about the impact of what I do before I do it. That's pretty huge. Wimpy, do you have any other advice for us? What I've gained a lot of inspiration from is from looking down. You know, when you read all of these success quotes and even yourself too, right? When you talk about um, putting yourself in an environment of great people, people who inspire you and people who you think are better than you or people who think you are succeeding and, you know, you calling them into your universe and all these different things, wonderful and great. And that will push you to the next level. But one thing that I've realized is really beautiful is just every once in a while, look down. I don't mean that in a derogatory way, and I don't mean that in a simplistic way to say that, well, how you measure somebody is through material wealth or through good looks or through this or that or, or through ability or lack of ability or disability. Or, I'm not talking about that. But you and I know humans whether we like it or not, are judges. We judge. So we know what looking down means. So when you feel that, for example, you don't have a lot of money in your pocket right now, rather than looking at Zuckerberg or Gates and your, you know, some guy or girl or friend who lives on the Upper East Side who's always uploading pictures of their travels to London and, you know, etc. right? Rather than looking up at them, just take a look down. Look down at the people that don't have what you have, that right now do not have Skype, that do not have a MacBook, that do not have electricity, that do not have food on their plate, that don't even know about arts and culture and auditioning and singing and, like... Mm -hmm. That's not even in their pipe dream. So one thing that brings contentment is just the ability to look down and say, hmm. I'm really thankful for what I've got. I'm actually thankful that I'm not Mark Zuckerberg and Bill Gates because they have huge problems. <laughs> you think that money defends them from all problems in the world? No. You have no idea what Mark Zuckerberg is going through right now that you and I are not going through. How do you know that Mark Zuckerberg is not getting death threats? You have no idea. How do you know that Mark Zuckerberg, somebody has not sent a, an email to Mark Zuckerberg or a message to Mark Zuckerberg saying, if you don't give me a million dollars, I'm going to steal your baby. It will, I'm going to steal your child. You know that he's got a child, right? Yeah. You, don't, you have no idea. If he's right now living in fear that somebody's going to kidnap his child, 
while his child is at school or being, you know, babysat, whatever. You have no idea all of these different things that's going on in his life, but you still look up to him because financially he's made it. So be thankful that you're not Mark Zuckerberg. Be thankful that you're not Bill Gates because you've not been loaded with a lot of the problems and burdens that Mark Zuckerberg and Bill Gates have on their plate right now. But also be thankful that you are not the girl who's being trafficked at Bangladesh right now for sex trade. I was at dinner the other night with a lady whose work it is to decrease child trafficking. Oh, wonderful. I can't even say stop child trafficking, you know, because it's impossible. Right. It's one of the world's biggest industries. Like, just be thankful. Yeah. That brings a lot of my contentment on a daily basis. Because I travel so much, it's in my face. Like when I'm in London, well, you know, we, we do see homeless people on the streets in London. And, you know, you've, you've see, we see them in New York also, in San Francisco, etc., right? But it's not as prevalent as here in Asia or other parts of the world. Hmm. As part of our commitment to improve by looking up, our commitment to improve should also include looking down. And that's where a lot of that contentment and happiness and peace will start to flourish in our own hearts. Oh, Wempy, thank you so much for taking the time and, and sharing your perspective with us. It's it's such a pleasure to talk to you and hear from you after all these years. And just, I woke up very early to talk to you <laughs> and I don't regret it for a minute. I feel very satisfied and very full from our conversation. And I hope, um, I hope our audience. Good. Well, I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm really thankful also, um, Abby. And I'm, you know, I really commend what you're doing right now. I've had, um, I've had a very important time for the past um, couple of days, particularly here um, at, at Vietnam, just reflecting on a lot of things um, in life and, and what you're doing by um, allowing me to share my experience with your universe and your, um, and your audience there um, is something that I appreciate and, and something that I certainly applaud and thank you for. After all these years of, um, of knowing you, I've always known that there is this wonderful soul out there. It was just about how do I reconnect with you? And, you know, you made it happen. And I'm really, truly grateful for that. Me too. Yeah, it's been really wonderful talking to you. And I am just so, so grateful to have you on the show. And, and thank you all for joining us today on The Piece of Persistence. If you enjoyed this episode, just take a minute to share us with a friend if you could or review us on Apple Podcasts or YouTube or IMDb. Every share and review really helps new people to discover the show. Um, and also, if you know anyone who's genuinely thriving um, and has had some success in their lives, if you think they'd be a good fit for our show, just let us know at peaceofpersistence at gmail.com or you can send them over to peaceofpersistence.com slash about. In the meantime, you can subscribe to The Light Version wherever you listen to podcasts or visit us at patreon.com, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash piece of persistence to find our full versions or if you just want to support the show. Thanks, and we'll see you next time on The Piece of Persistence for more great content to help all of us find more happiness and success in our lives. But if we forget what really makes us sing and dance at night it's the other people around 
than our dreams that lifts us up from underground.